From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. As always, thank you to everybody who sends me an email and a special thank you to those uh, who add their location uh, because, as you know, I'm harvesting your data so that I can come after you at some point in the near future. Um, if you if you are watching via one of the video feeds, it's great to have you here. Uh, all the links are on TNT's website if you want to watch via X or Rumble or YouTube or wherever it is. By the way, I am loving, I'm loving the fact that there are so many options now with TNT. So just go to my webpage uh, or my profile page on TNT's website, you'll see the whole shebang. All my shows are there, you can watch uh, the the video feeds after the fact you can download them and you can do exactly the same for the audio uh, so it's great both listening and watching and on that note I think I'm going to get to my guest my name is Germ this is Germ Warfare the battle of ideas going 360 on the headlines it's really well balanced conversation today's news talk radio TNT it's been a while, but my friend, James Walton, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Glad to be here, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Jerm. The pleasure is all mine. And this is one of my favorite topics, prepping. <laughs> Keeps growing, huh? I'm seeing it everywhere now. Prepping is taking root. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, the the blinking lights, the signs and symptoms are all kind of mainstream now you know there's wars in multiple locations in the world and issues of home issues abroad serious elections all across the land are you guys having an election this year i think yes, you're out of the oh you are, are. jeez yeah but yeah, i mean, I mean election you know, doesn't matter nobody nobody cares about anything that happens in africa it's all about what's <laughs> happening on your side of the world <laughs> i don't know i mean you know there's a couple out there that are pretty important some in europe too that'll probably make a big difference depending on how they go but you know like i said all the all the signs and symptoms are there and i think people are just realizing mm. like man after 2020 they uh, they probably realized like i really am kind of on my own to a large degree and i better yeah. make some preparations you know who do you think is going to win your election this year between trump and uh, tucker colson that would be a not he you know he's interviewing putin today um that should be good but uh yeah i don't know i don't i i have a feeling it might not even be trump or biden running by the end of this thing i have a feeling that come november the americans are going to have a, a vastly different choice than they think they have right now really yeah i do i don't know it just seems seems the democrats seem ripe with the opportunity to slip someone in and pull Joe Biden out who, you know, things just keep getting worse for. And uh, it's hard to imagine Donald Trump slipping through all the all the cracks, you know what I mean? Of the <laughs> of the media and judicial coffin that they've poured for him already. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think it's as clear cut as Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, though, yet. Wouldn't I need to get further awesome. along. Go ahead. Wouldn't it be awesome if Tucker Carlson ran for president? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> would, would it? <laughs> what is his, what is his, he's a media guy, right? I mean, smart for sure, but 
You know, I mean, these days, does it really matter? They're all media guys. No, it does matter, I think. I think there are capable people out there. We just keep, you know, voting in the most popular one. I love to see DeSantis in there, to be honest. He's he's the guy. He's the guy who's made, you know, whose resume kind of speaks for itself. But He's not running, is he? Didn't he pull out? He dropped out. Yeah, he dropped out for Trump. Mm. I mean, he'll he's a guy I think will be there in the future, you know, um, barring any assassinations. I don't know where America's going, but... He's probably high on well, the list of be political honest. assassination. Let's be honest. The best, the best possible president for the United States is Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He's, he, I guess he's uh, on the campaign trail tonight. So we'll see what he has to say. <laughs> um, well, I mean, let's segue. Let's segue into prepping for for what's coming. I mean, twenty thirty is is a big number. Uh, I mean the. The presidents are, in many ways, neither here nor there. I, I know you say yeah. it does matter, but but I also I think in the big picture of things, um, I think it's kind of more important to to worry about where the big where the big trajectories are, and it's it's a bad idea not to prepare. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean we've got three branches of government to worry about, right? Yesterday. To your point, yesterday, we had the opportunity to impeach Mayorkas, who is the man in control of the southern border, and we couldn't even get that done. <laughs> and I mean, you know what's going on in the American southern border. Um, but yeah, I think at this moment in time, people are really sucking into this idea of like, I got to I gotta start back from the beginning and make sure that everything within my four walls is taken care of first. And I think that could, you know, prepping could have serious benefits to the outside world i it could pull a lot of people out of this sort of community organizer mindset and and protesting mindset and say hey you probably should worry about you because all your buddies that are protesting with you probably ain't going to be there when things get crazy and uh i i do think that this movement has the and well it's a self-reliance movement too that ha has the mm -hmm. ability to really kind of better the nation you know well, let's assume Agenda 2030 gets rolled out by the year 2030 and the zombie apocalypse arrives. <laughs> and by zombie apocalypse, I mean, you know, Bill Gates and uh, Klaus Schwab, they, they die oh, yeah. and they become zombies, right? And the, no and flying, little, no, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, all that sort of thing, right. So what are the, what are the foundational uh, vectors towards prepping sure. people should, should consider? I think probably the the one of the basic concepts that I've been talking about a lot that I think everyone should consider and you can look to Gaza and you look to Ukraine to understand it when you're facing a world that's on the precipice of war our society now not the World War II society war equals off grid and that's the concept that I think a lot of people should should think about and think about how their life looks up against that like war undoubtedly equals off grid just yesterday or two days ago or something, it's gone pretty mainstream now. They published, I, I don't know what agency it was exactly, but it doesn't matter. Everybody kind of knows it once you say it out loud that China's been pre-positioning cyber attacks all through the United States power grid infrastructure and stuff like that. And I'm sure U.S. has done the same thing in China. There's no doubt that if we have a major world war, power's going out. Power goes out, water goes out. That's where your head needs to be. You know what I mean? In that mind frame of, okay, are we headed to war? If we're headed to war, war equals off-grid. 
what's my lifestyle look like in in an off-grid scenario you know what can i how long can i survive without tap water how long can i survive without power heat cooling you know those kinds of things because it seems almost inevitable that something like that is going to happen to some major nation could be us might not but yeah war in my opinion equals off-grid and i don't see a way out of some sort of at least major conflict with china right now now the united states they've done some things but we'll see mm. so okay so chat to me a little bit more about being off grid sure yeah it's uh largely go i mean the best way for the average person because a lot of times the average person doesn't know what they don't know going through your day-to-day if i had to recommend a, a sort of an exercise so you could understand what off-grid would do to you go through your daily life look at the things that come from power and water which are in at least in my country limitless resources we rarely ever think about you know what i mean we yeah. never think about well oh my god i'm using so much water oh my god i'm using so much power the only time we think about power is if it's might run the bill up so go through your day-to-day life and say i wake up and do what and how would i do that without power coffee for example you know in americans we wake up and make coffee zombify through the first few hours of life <laughs> on caffeine and uh if it, you might think you know i could use a something i own these percolators that you you know they're like camping coffee makers camping percolators a lot of people are going to say all right i got one of these off-grid camping percolators man i can make my coffee in the morning even if i'm off grid and then they'll walk over to the stove which is electric turn it on and no power right so most uh, stoves and most new stoves nowadays are electric they're trying to ban gas stoves in the u.s i think they have in some places so you know step through your day after you drink your coffee get woken up you're gonna go take a shower right how are you gonna take a shower if the tap water doesn't work anymore because we've been off grid for two weeks a month whatever you know it, if the power grid is is damaged physically they say it could be up to a year to to repair but we don't know what that means because the parts are created in china you know the larger the larger <laughs> yeah so if you're at war with china yeah you're gonna can you can we pause you send me over some i gotta repair a substation over here so um you know really walk, walking through your day-to-day life and saying to yourself how would you get along without water you know the water is a huge one that most people if you're not preparing with water then you probably are underprepared with water you know because how yeah. the the common goal is in the prepping world is one gallon of water per person per day which i think is a vast underestimate of what people need and what people use you know what i mean i mean there's cooking Mm -hmm. there's cleaning there's personal hygiene that happens on a daily basis and of course your lifestyle will change but i'd say you would want at least three to five gallons of water per person per day you know and that's not even counting most preppers are assuming we're also going to while this off-grid nightmare is taking place we're also going to be growing all of our food right we're going to be raising these animals growing all this food in our backyard gardens all that needs to be watered they animals need to drink as well you know all that kind of stuff so in an off-grid situation probably one of the biggest things people could do to to prepare for that is start with water preparation and having water collection outside water storage inside those kinds of things but I it's do believe war is off-grid. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk like that. Um, I agree with you. We here in South Africa, I think, are probably slightly ahead of the curve because of the years of rolling blackouts uh, that we've been Yeah, you got a head we start saw. for sure. Yeah, we get 
uh, cuts every single day. I mean, we, you know, this morning even we had two hours of no electricity and probably another two hours coming later on. Uh, yeah. And so what, what that means is that you either, you learn to uh, adapt to it. So you learn to swim or you sink. Those are your two options. Sure. And so obviously adapting is a good idea. And one of those ways to adapt is to find, you know, backup power. And so you learn very quickly um, the importance of things like gas. You know, instead of, instead of relying on electricity when you're in the kitchen, gas is a really, really good you know, oh, yeah. resource. Uh, for, for make, you, sure. you, you spoke about making coffee. We, yeah. You know, we can make coffee with, on gas, for example. Yeah, definitely. Propane, kerosene. Yeah, mm. all of those fuels are, as long as you're going to have access to them, you know what I mean? Who knows what that looks like in an off-grid sort of World War situation. Might not have well, then access you use to wood. them then. Yo, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm. it, you you say it matter-of-factly as if lots of people know how to <laughs> cut a tree down, <laughs> cut it up into pieces long enough that it'll fit where they want it to fit, then split it. You know what I mean? I mean, I know guys in who would probably have a heart attack just cutting a tree down. Do you know what I mean? Let alone splitting it or cutting it into uh, rounds and splitting it, seasoning it. You know how many, I'll tell you one of the things that's crazy, Jerm. I've run through at least three to four in the last year adult men who have had, and these are capable guys. One of them can build engines. He builds engines in his free time. He fixes roads. The other guy, uh, is someone close to me and he's a really handy guy. I mean, all kinds of stuff, you know, just no capacity for making fire outside of dumping gasoline off of it and setting it on fire. <laughs> so the fire, the bill of the fire to cook the food is not given, is what I'm getting at. Like mm -hmm. the idea that, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll just, what we'll do is we'll just cut trees down, split the wood, <laughs> make a fire, <laughs> know exactly when and how to cook on the fire because you don't just cook on a fire that's like throwing smoke, you know, up in the air. And yeah, maybe because you do it, you're good at it. But there's a lot of people who aren't and need a lot of practice. And I'm not looking down at anybody. I remember not long ago when I was no good at making fire and it just became a, you know, you got to make fire more often, dude, to get better at it. And that's, you know, that's how you get better at these kinds of things. Yeah, that's the thing. You actually just have to practice. Uh, it's not, I mean, a lot of these things are not terribly difficult. You just have to do them. I'll give you an example, James. My wife and I went camping a few months ago in, um, in the desert uh, north of, of the country. And uh, uh, we obviously took lots of camping stuff with us. But one of the things I did was I took with flint, flint. I said to okay. her, I want to actually make fires with with flint, uh, with a flint stone. Okay. And I did. Um, it takes a you know it takes a bit of practice, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of unnecessary work, but when you get it right, <laughs> it's a great it's a it's a great feeling. Did you use it on your knife, or what did you use the stone yes, on? Yes, yeah, like I used it on my knife. knife. <clears throat> yeah, on the back of the knife. cloth yeah. or something like that. Um, if you yes, don't use char cloth, yeah. it's a it's a winner. I mean, if you were just if you were just knocking sparks into like a bird nest, you know, like a a bunch of combustible. Well, that materials. is what I was doing. I okay. that is what I was doing. I went and found I went and found dry uh, twigs and leaves and things, and I crumpled them up and I made a whole big heap, um, and then I shot yeah. the sparks into it. And into that. Look, a lot of it, a lot of the time, it doesn't work, uh, mm -hmm. and you just have to keep practicing, and then you eventually you figure out, you know, a nice smooth way of doing it, and it's it's. <laughs> It's very fulfilling when it works. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I learned with a ferro rod long before I just, I don't hardly use a ferro rod anymore, but I know I can do it. You know what I mean? Now it's mm. the skill that I got. But if you make char cloth, if you're, if you're ever bored, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have tin cans for anything with lids. Yeah. But <clears throat> you can stab holes in a tin can. I do it with an Altoids can, can. And then you take old pieces of shirt, cut them about the size of the tin, layer maybe about five or ten of them inside that tin and throw it in the coals of your fire. Ten, fifteen minutes, something like that. And when you open it up, you're basically making charcoal out of cloth. Right, and no, with the char cloth, yeah, dude, the char cloth with the flint and steels is twenty times easier because you hold it, you hold it underneath where you're what you're wrapping, and then right. the spark will catch on that char cloth, and yeah. that char cloth will just hold it. No, it's really I, cool. I, I was lying. Right. To, I was lying to you. I, I actually used a ferro rod. I, sorry, I didn't mean to say flint. Oh, oh, you were shooting sparks off a ferro rod. Okay, yeah, that's easier. That, that but you can yeah. that. Yeah, when you're doing but flint and steel, that's a wild one. It is. It is quite wild, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't work all that often. And it's not. It's not the 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 knife and the flint that don't work. It's the quality of the leaves and the twigs. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You throw sparks easy once you get that groove cut mm. into the ferro rod. You can easily throw sparks. But yeah, you're right. You need the good materials. James, I'm quickly going to go to an ad. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT. TNT. Sonia Porton. You feel the need to describe yourself, along with being a useless eater, free speech, isn't a phobia, as a male with a penis. Why would you feel the need to describe yourself as such? Well, you never know these days, do you? Anyone can have a penis, apparently. So just thought you better make sure everybody knows. And that, and that is the reality, isn't it? Words have lost all meaning. And one of the things that I wanted you to come on and come and join me about and comment about is the whole issue of gender and transgenderism. Are you cis, Jack? No. There's no such thing. There was, there was literally no such thing until a couple of years ago. And it's, it's their religion. It's not mine. And I refuse to get involved with this sort of terminology. It's ridiculous. Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. The country has been prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... <laughs> okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk, news and information, TNT Radio. There's a comment here on the live chat, James. Uh, Catherine, she wants <clears> me <throat> to say Flint or Tinder. I have no idea why I must say Flint or Tinder. Maybe it's my accent. <laughs> oh, what is what maybe. a strange request. Or is she is she confused? Is she confused, or does she think that we're confused? Because the, the materials, no the bundle of materials that we are talking about is called Tinder. Mm. So maybe she's correcting us. I don't know. 
something along no, those I don't lines. Know either. But you know, we were talking about fire, and it's one of the most important aspects just of life. I mean, it it, it has oh, yeah. so many so many uses. Its its utility is unbelievable, um, and um, people should really know the basics about building a fire. You know, just finding yeah. wood, and 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 that's what you learn when you go camping. I mean, if you live in the city, you become so disconnected from some of these fundamentals. Man. Going out in the woods for 24 hours straight is, it's a purification process nowadays. Mm. I mean, I can feel it. I haven't been out in a while and I can feel it, Germ. That's why I was working out before the show because I was so anxiety ridden this morning. I don't know why. I think I drank too much coffee or something like that. But when I go out <laughs> into the woods, I know I drank too much. That's a given. Um, but when I go out into the woods for like a good 12 to 24 hours in the sun, cutting wood up for fires, setting to camp up, cooking and eating outside. I don't know if you feel this way, but I just feel like new. I literally feel like yeah. new, like I, like something new. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, a lot of this depression and anxiety and stuff has to do with the fact that we are, we're removed from where we're from. You know what I mean? That's where we're from. We're not from bookshelves and nice lighting. We're from out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, people need more time. And then those skills, like you said, will come naturally. Mm. Those skills just come. Like, like you're saying, you go camping, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm good at fire because I go camping every weekend. Oh, I can make shelter. I know how to pitch a tent. I know how to stay warm at night. You know, they just come because they have to come because you're out there. You were talking earlier about uh, water also. That, I mean, that's a big one also. I mean, just understanding how to collect water. Uh, I mean... <laughs> It's, it's weird that we have to speak about this, but we, we kind of do. Yeah, well, it's because comfort and convenience have been front and center in our lives for so long, and we like it. And it's understandable. But what we didn't realize, Germ, is that comfort is dangerous. Convenient is tremendously dangerous. You know, that mm. those things are like sirens, you know, like, you know what the sirens are from Greek mythology. Like, they're like that. You know what I mean? They'll pull you towards the jagged rocks and you'll love that song and you'll go to those jagged rocks. And that's where we are. You know what I mean? As a society, right? That's why we've lost all these these skills. You know what I mean? All these simple skills that sustain us. We've handed that responsibility over to government, <laughs> largely. And you see what they do, right? Oh, you can have all the power you want. Isn't it great? Isn't it convenient? We're going to shut it down a few hours every day now, though. So we can save the planet. You don't get to vote on it. You don't get to say nothing about it. But yeah, to your point, it's the same thing. We lose our relationship with with the wild. We lose our relationship with food and the things that sustain us. And that's another reason why homesteading in particular, mm -hmm. I think, is getting so popular is because that's a more accessible, less doomsday driven, you know, way back to those forgotten skills. I remember... Uh, one of the times that we went camping and I forgot to take a corkscrew with to open a bottle of wine. And uh, I realized how, imp how important it is to be, to know how to, how to pull out a cork. If you don't oh, have a yeah. corkscrew. Um, yeah. And uh, you, don't, you don't think about it. <laughs> uh, so yes. Okay. So pushing, pushing a cork into a bottle is a terrible idea because yeah, it creates an explosion and then the wine <laughs> and the wine explodes and shoots out everywhere <laughs> you can no. cut the you could cut like down the side with your knife and then push it in if you're desperate 
you know that's a what? skill no, i learned what? as a desperate teenager not no, even no as no a, no uh, no uh, let me let me help you come on james how can i be helping you in this one <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what you do. Tell I me. Figure this one out. Tell me. I, I want to know the out. secrets. I drink a lot of wine, so I had to figure this one out. I wasn't going to skip this wine. You you have to put your knife in, and you've got to gently wiggle it left and right, left and right, left and right, so that it goes deeper and deeper into the cork. But if you push okay. it too hard, you push the you push the cork in. You don't want to do that. Sure, so you want yeah. to gently you want to gently get the blade deeper and deeper into the cork. Once you've Makes got sense. some. Yeah, so once you've got some depth, then you start turning it in a in a clockwise, anti-clockwise direction, and you start pulling it gently towards you, ah, in other I words, see. Out, out of the bottle. That's what you sure. do. And then if the, if the blade loosens, you again push it in deeper and then keep twisting. Eventually, it comes out, and it doesn't take that long. And I promise you, it worked like a charm, and I didn't even mess wine. I think your lady saw a side of you that she didn't know existed. <laughs> she must have seen a level of patience from Jeremy that she had no idea existed. My Jim, man is over a, there making fire for you, two hours, <laughs> opening wine for five hours. She's like, I had no idea he had such focus. <laughs> Listen, when, when you've got a, when you've got the sun setting, you've got a, a tent, you've got a fire going, and you just cannot oh, no, get that perfect. bottle of yeah. wine open. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you You'd find have a sucked way. it out if it didn't work. Trust me. You know? <laughs> No, you're right. But, I mean, I mean, that those are the conditions where you know necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. That's yeah. how it goes. I mean, we, we've we've touched on you know fire and water, um, but another important piece of the of the prepping puzzle is, and this is kind of important also, is what to do if there's some sort of medical problem. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, those are that's nearly religious. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. decisions that you should make and be making now are they're serious decisions. Like, what are the lengths that you're willing to go? You know, I always see, I don't own one, but I always see people selling like suture kits and uh, scalpels, you know, those kinds of things. And it might even be a weakness or, or a failing in my own preparedness to not have crossed that gap in my own mind but i'm telling you right now if you have a scalpel and you're approaching a loved one <laughs> you got to really know what you're doing you know what i mean it th there are some some medical things on the high end that are really nerve-wracking i'll tell you one of the one of the medical preps that i made about two years ago that really really made a difference in my mentality and anxiety level was uh backup antibiotics Buying backup antibiotics, um, I, I have a five antibiotic set, something like that for my family. That's a that's a game changer, you know. I, I used the company Jace Medical to do it, and they were a sponsor of ours for a little while. They they put out a great set. The wellness company, who actually I think I prefer their medical kits over Jace. They they have an just an amazing lineup of antibiotic plus kits, you know, some really great medications. And a lot of these people also, Jeremy, are uh, starting prolonged prescription programs where you can get like a year's worth of your whatever prescriptions. I know there's a lot of people on prescriptions. And I think that's really probably the place to start before you before you delve into the fantasy of treating bullet wounds and treating, you know, celebrations and all that kind of stuff or buying some massive medical kit and learning how to use chest seals and 
nasal pharyngeal airway and all that kind of sort of combat medical stuff. Um, it's all important. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important. Somebody could fall out of a tree and you'd have to maybe use some of that stuff too, but definitely be able to medicate your daily needs. You know what I mean? If you have a blood pressure medicine or I don't know what kind of medications people take, but you know, if you have something like that, that's a life or death, that's where your focus should be. You know, I always recommend the preppers medical handbook too. I think that's, that's just such a compact and effective little book. It goes a really long way, man, because it, it breaks down a lot on diagnosis. It breaks down a lot on what items you should have. So, so it's, you know, it's, I'm not a big fan of prepping checklists except in medical because I don't know, you know, it's a different thing yeah. when a guy says, buy this rifle, buy this knife, buy this tent, buy the, you know what I mean? That seems like a farce to me because they don't know you. But when it comes to medical, it's like, yeah, buy the things the doctor who wrote the book tells you to buy. I think that's important and, and, and a good list to follow. But you only really need to know the basics to be, to be fair. I mean, if you are fairly healthy, uh, which of course in itself is a form of prepping, isn't it? I mean, eating right, oh, and gymming, and definitely. You know, then, then you're less likely to have all these problems. But I mean, there's a comment in the live chat saying, you know, something to stop bleeding. I, I mean, this is, it's weird. It's a complete no-brainer. And yet, how many of us actually have something like that? Tourniquets. Yeah, we've got a lot of them. We've got a lot of them in our house in different places. It's good to have them in a lot of different places. Cars, car kits, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. more importantly, probably than having a lot of them, is making sure the people in your house know how to use them. Because you might be the one. You might be the guy who's got minutes left before you bleed out and and you know if your youngest son is the only one with you he's got to know how to put that thing on it's not hard you know what i mean but it's it's the steps are important so yeah stop the bleeding is big styptic powders and that kind of stuff can be effective but i think a tourniquet is just it's such an easy thing to buy and have on hand and you could store a bunch of them and it's you know it's a good skill for people to know what i like about prepping in general and this is one of my favorite topics of all time uh, it's I don't know it's just fun because you can you can apply all sorts of prepper thinking in your daily life from what you oh, carry yeah. in your pocket even you know in, you know sure. it becomes it becomes an obsession you you know you're trying to find the most optimal way to to do things. Um, well, that's because to in, get in, the most out of prepping, it has to be lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yes. If you want to yeah. really get get to where you want to be, it has to be part of your lifestyle. So every day is just this is the lifestyle that I live. You know, it's the EDC, it's the food production, yeah. it's, you know, all that stuff. I want to ask you a question um, about the, 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 the knowledge base that one should have. So Scott Adams, who I think everybody knows, uh, draws Dilbert, uh, he's, he's written a number of books on um, systems. Um, and, 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 and one of the interesting arguments that he makes is that he says it's better to be generally okay at a bunch of things as opposed to being excellent at one thing. When it comes to prepping, would you argue, would you argue that it's good to be generally okay at a bunch of things? Okay, I'll tell you a story that sums this up really easily. My second year at an event called Prepper Camp, I went up to a fire where I met two hosts from the Prepper Broad who are on the Prepper Broadcasting Network now, uh, Phil and Bobo from the Matter of Facts podcast. And they had a bunch of guys around their fire and I was talking to a lot of them, you know, just being friendly. We're drinking whiskey, talking, you know, bunch of dudes at a fire. You know how it goes. Um, well, it turns out like 
90% of the guys that I were talking to, as the night unfolded, they started to let me know that they were special forces previously. You know, some were in intelligence, some were, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, as I didn't know, I don't, I didn't, I was never in the military. I had no military experience. So I would, was talking to them and I'd be like, what are you doing here? Like, I feel like you have a specialized skill set that's really valuable. And they were like, yeah, we don't know, you know, much about growing food. We don't know about solar power and all this kind of stuff. So we're here to sort of learn those skills too. And uh, that really kind of sealed the deal for me on that, on that question exactly. You know, you not only should you have a vast array of skills, uh, you have to. And it's much better to be, you know, decent at a bunch of things in terms of prepping. Or, you know what it is, Jerem? It's not decent. It's competent, right? Mm. All You need to meet general competency at fire make. You need to know I can go out there and make a fire. You don't have to be like, I can make the coolest and the biggest fire ever, right? You got to know that if something's broken, you have methods of fixing it. You got to know, yeah. you know, how to butcher animals. Th those, th you need competence in a lot of things is what you really need. These guys were ma master level soldiers. You know what I mean? And even they were there at, at prepper camp to learn a bunch of other skills to be competent at. So I think that really sums it up. You need competence at a variety of things, you know, particularly those things that are going to keep you alive and comfortable. Yeah, but let's be honest. Right. If you can make a badass fire, you're, you're the, the king of the jungle. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good skill to have. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's definitely I love a good skill big to fires. Have. In fact, my wife gets angry. <laughs> she gets angry when I make fires because she moans that I always make them too big. Yeah, women are scared a lot of times of fire. Oh, my God, did I say that out loud? Your whole audience is pissed now. Half the audience is like, get this misogynist bastard off of here. But, you know, my wife I mean, is why do you way. want a small fire? I don't understand why anybody <laughs> would want a small it's fire. It's ineffective. I mean, a small fire isn't going to heat you up. You know what I mean? It <laughs> no, it does nothing. You. It can't dry anything. It's hard to cook It doesn't even make coal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. You barely get any artifact. Right. No, good point. <laughs> but, yeah, you wouldn't want to be the guy who could only make fire and is starving to death. You know what I mean? So you got to have yeah. a bunch of... You got to have a bunch of competence, competence in a variety of things, you know, and it's not uncommon. You look back in history, probably your dad or your grandfather, competent at basic stuff, you know, mm. my plumbing's messed up. Oh, I can fix that. My car's messed up. I can fix that. You know, there's a guy down the street who's an asshole. Okay. I can fix that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we, we, we don't uh, condone violence at TNT, uh, James. Uh, oh no no except, he's gonna have a long weekends. a long therapeutic talk is what i meant jerm <laughs> <laughs> wanted to discuss his um, childhood you know funnily enough um my wife also thought much the same of of me the other day <laughs> the uh the we have an ensuite bathroom and, and the toilet broke and instead of getting a guy to you know to come through because the call out for you was a bit ridiculous i actually ended up fixing it <laughs> i took some photographs i went to the to the to the diy store the guys there helped me, came back, took the thing apart, and fixed it, and she couldn't believe it. <laughs> comfort and convenience, Jeremy, I'm telling you. Comfort and convenience have made the mockery of all men. Really. Mm. That's really what it is. You know what I mean? It's just the idea of I can call somebody to take care of that, the government will take care of that, my wife will take care of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of stuff. And it's really made a, made a mockery of men. Men are like, I can't do anything. But, I mean, prepping is... It's not just about like going for a course. It's not, it's not about something that's separate 
to to your life. It's it should be part of your life. It should be the way you think. It's a it's a it's a philosophy. Oh yeah, definitely. That's how you see the biggest gains. What well, one of the things we're mm. doing this year all year are our daily routines with with mm. fitness involved, preparedness skills involved, shooting involved. Um, because that's really how you change. You know, there's there's a group of people in the prepping community that are living the preparedness lifestyle, and then there's another group I think that want to get there. And I think the way that we can help them get there is by giving them the routines. You know what I mean? Like saying like these are the things that you should do every day, so that you know you you will improve. I always say you are what you do every day. I mean, if you really want to sit down and figure out who and what you are, you don't need to go to a therapist. You just have to look at your day-to-day -day life, and you'll very quickly understand why you're good at the things you're good at, why you're not good at the things you're not good at, why you're doing well, why you're not doing well. Because of what you do every day, that's who you are. And the beauty about that is all you got to do is change what you do every day, and you can change who you are. So that's our mentality over at PBN right now. That's kind of what we've been running lately to develop that lifestyle in our listeners who, uh, you know, they want to get prepared yeah. and they want to, they want it to be lifestyle because that's, like I said, that's how it, how it works. How you really see the biggest gains. James Walton, don't go anywhere. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jerm. This is TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, testified before Congress and talked all about the threat that China poses to us and it was downright frightening. The CCP's dangerous actions, China's multi-pronged assault on our national and economic security make it the defining threat of our generation. Now, when I described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago, I meant that quite literally. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure. Seemingly everything we need to survive. Our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. And get this, we even have a time frame for this impending disaster. The budgets that emerge from discussions underway now will dictate what kind of resources we have ready in 2027, a year that as this committee knows all too well, the CCP has circled on its calendar. Oh, we have three years to neutralize this existential threat. Don't you feel better? I don't. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday right here on TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. TNT. You're with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Great uh, question in the live chat for you, James, uh, from Catherine, sure, asking right what, what book or books would you recommend? Oh, my God. How much time do we got? <laughs> well, let's start with the Prepper's Medical Handbook. That's a big one. 
The Prepper's Medical Handbook by William Forge. Uh, all these books are pretty easy to get your hands on. Since we were talking about war equals off-grid, um, there's a book that I wrote called, well, I, I'm part partial author in it, called uh, No Grid Survival Projects. And that's essentially a DIY projects book for, you know, building off-grid showers, water heaters, solar power, uh, growing food, hydroponics, all kinds of different projects for off-the-grid everything. And that's a big one. That's a big one for sure. Uh, there's a great book called The Illustrated Encyclopedia of Country Living for newish preppers, newish survivalists, homesteaders. And and that book is a really great entry level to kind of figure out what you want to be doing. You know what I mean? Like what types of prepping things do I want to be doing? And it's, it's not based around prepping. It's based around literal country living. Um, but it's a great book. Uh, the Hunting, Butchering, and Cooking collections by Stephen Ranella. I think they're essential. There's a small game and a big game. You can stop me whenever, Jeremy, because I could do this for the rest of the show. Um, they're, they're essential for people, particularly who are new to hunting. They give you a profile of every animal, how to hunt it, what, you know, what to use, all that kind of stuff. And I said, like I said, there's two books, small game, uh, big game. And I think they're essential too. uh, bushcraft medicine by Dave Canterbury. That's a tremendous book, one that, that you really need to get your hands on. It goes into herbal medicine. It goes into some of the first aid stuff we were talking about, but how to do it when you're limited, how, how to do it when you're in the woods and don't have much. Um, the Survival List Gardener, the, uh, oh my God, Rick Austin's going to kill me. The Secret Garden of Survival, it's called. The Secret Garden of Survival basically teaches you how to take those woods behind your house or take that land behind your house and turn it into a perennial food forest that looks like a mess but produces a tremendous amount of food. And it's kind of permaculture system-esque. Uh, he did it himself, documented the whole thing in the book with pictures, teaches you how to do it to basically create. You know, his goal was to create food production that people couldn't see from the road and go, Oh, that guy's got a big garden. Let's go steal all the food. You know what I mean? Like it, his his stuff just looks like a like woods, and he's got apple trees and peach trees in it, and vines and animals and all that kind of stuff. Um, do you want more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll keep rocking. Um, I wrote a book in do, do another two or three. I wrote a book in 2015 called Community Community, and that book is all of it's available on amazon that book is all about neighbor interaction and how to sort of seed the neighborhood together right and how to how to develop those how to get from radical isolation to at least having a neighborhood uh it's not really prepper based too much the latter part of the book gets a little more political a little more more prepper uh centric but That's a really mm. great book if you're if you feel like you're living in a place and you don't know the neighbors, you want to know them, you want to get involved and do things. That's a great sort of step by step guide for that. Um, Sun Tzu is great. <laughs> I, I it's so hard because there's so many, and I don't want with my last one. I don't want to miss the. Uh, I might I go might ahead, recommend I, I might recommend one for uh, for spiritual prepping, <laughs> the Bible. Do I get a do I get a drum roll for that one? <laughs> great book. It's a great book. I got one right here, actually, right next to. I the think everybody Marine should Proverbs. have one. Yeah, everybody should have one. 
There is a really good I'm, book called uh, Real Quick. I got mm. this as a gift last Christmas. It's called the NRSV Daily Bible. And that's a really good, I don't have any trouble reading the Bible anymore, but if you have trouble sitting down and reading it, this gives you like, um, I don't know how many pages per day, but it gives you a section per day. It gives you a prayer and then it gives you a, uh, that's pretty you know, cool. sort of a breakdown of what you read. And then in a year's time, you'll have read the whole Bible. So I am um, something along those lines. I, I've got a, um, a book now, which I haven't read in a couple of years and I'm, I'm actually trying to find it. Uh, I think it's called the anarchist's recipe book or the anarchist handbook or something. Oh, the anarchist cookbook. Yeah. And yeah, it tells you how to make bombs and yeah, that's it tells you how to make bombs and all sorts of things. <laughs> this is the one you yes. want right here. Total, total resistance by H von Dach is a, is a, is a Bible in and of itself that all freedom loving peoples should own. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically guerrilla warfare. Built out by but, I mean, the Swiss these, when they were fighting the yeah, Soviets. These are these are all important concepts. I mean, basically, if you were to sum everything up, it's mm -hmm. essentially becoming self-reliant. You know, no longer yes, putting your faith it. in the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. It's understanding that the state is to be kept like our founders understood. The state is to be kept as little and as inconsequential as possible. You know, yeah. and now we're even finding out that. The, the bare minimum that we require of the state to protect the citizenry with the military. They can't even do that. You know what I mean? We, at mm -hmm. least in America, we had this, this dream for a little while that our nation would be safe and we'll put up with the, the uh, bureaucracy because we, at least we got the big bad military. Now we've been invaded at the southern border. God only knows how that's going to go once, you know, whoever's here starts doing what they want to really do now that they're here. And you just come to realize, you know, they're... The, what we've asked of the government is impossible for them to give. And that's because we've asked far too much and they've grown far too too large. And now they're like, yeah, you know, yeah. legacy media where they're struggling to stay alive. And that's the battle that we're fighting is people who have giant departments full of people that are employed by the government. And the last thing they can think is, what if they cut my department? <laughs> you know? Yeah, what you know so, what, James? One of the one of the weird, weird anomalies. It's 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 an enigma. Something that I've I've never been able to wrap my head around is how people on mass actually have far more power than the government, but they don't seem to realize it. Texas, for example, I read somewhere that there are, <laughs> there are more legal gun owners in Texas than there are in the entire U.S. military. Now, imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Imagine the central government of the United States says, well, we're going to lock you down. And Texas basically says, uh, nah. Yeah. I mean, that power <laughs> always exists. The, the, it's not a problem. It's a good thing. The good thing mm. is that, uh, you know, we're the wet. I think Western civilization at large is uh, much more interested in figuring things out rather than shooting things out. You know what I mean? Like we'd much yeah. rather figure it out. We'd much rather people be honest and have discussions and have debates and then take action um, than say, I guess we'll just kill everybody who opposes us and start over. But I mean, you know what of, I mean? But but think about it, right? If the government knows that pretty much the entire, you know, southern region of the United States is armed, the government really has no power anymore. But the problem is people don't realize this. Well, the government's just us too, you know? 
like the government of mm. Texas or the government of, of whatever, even the United States at large, live in the United States in neighborhoods. You know, like the representatives live next to people who are probably like, I can't believe I have to live next to it. So you can't. <laughs> You can only go so far, you know what I mean? The, mm. the real concern I think that people have right now is uh, it's sort of that brown shirt fear of all the people coming across the border yes. and the sheer calamity of them being pushed to one side or another, you know, particularly to the left mm. side and then being armed and militant and so on and so forth. But... You know, because in, in Europe, you see that. I see a problem in Europe, Germ, that just all the only word that comes to mind yeah. when I see Europe yep. is yep. blood. Yep. It's just blood. Yeah. I'm like, how do you fix that blood? That's it. I don't know how else you could deal with it. Yeah. How can you root all that poison out of the society safely, you know, through like asking people to leave? Yeah. You, you, you have James. to. I mean, unless you could do massive deportation or something like that. I was, I was in Europe just a few months ago and, uh, <laughs> You know, when I arrived, I saw very few Europeans. Yeah. I mean, it's real. It's a real thing that's mm. happening. And the Europeans themselves are being quieted by their own governments, which makes no sense. You know what I mean? When they raise, when they make a fuss, they're being, you know, condemned largely. It's a mm. weird, quiet takeover that's happening all through the Western world. And yeah, I mean, it's not weird. It is by design, you know, people yeah. have hated the Western civilization probably since the 60s or whatever in America. White dominated, evil, monstrous civilization that's taught the world to read, fed the world, you know. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> evil, James. The world. You're, evil, you're evil because of your skin color, don't you realize? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I need a new identity. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also, I mean, there's the segue. You know, we haven't spoken about that actually, but um, that is another aspect of prepping is self-defense, um, whether it's being armed or knowing some martial arts, but basically don't be a cupcake. Don't, don't be a wimp, a coward. Yeah, we've been we've been tricked into believing that the best version of ourselves is the peaceful side. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and that's probably mm. true, but we were tricked into it to believe that in order to be peaceful, you can't be violent. In order to be peaceful, you can't be strong. You can't be able to shoot a gun. You should never even own a gun. I mean, why would anybody ever own a gun? And you know what I mean? We were tricked into that, man, for 20, 30 years, mm. and it worked. That's the scary part, but people are seeing through it now. There's people buying guns in America like crazy. You know, it's just a, one one of those things. Again, they're being slowly disconnected from the the lie that the government, the police, somebody's going to come and save me if I'm in trouble. Somebody with a gun is going to come help me, um, which is really funny to me. You know, that whole anti-2A crowd, like when things get bad, they call the guys who have the guns. But then they'll tell you, you don't need no gun. What do you need a gun for? In Virginia, mm -hmm. just yesterday, they passed a bill in the House and the Senate to ban assault weapons here in this state. Now, it's going to get vetoed by the governor, but still, it's just the idea that, you know, we're that close all the time. But, I mean, there's also more propaganda right there, James. They they call certain guns assault weapons. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. If you, had to, if you had to ask them, what do they mean by assault weapon? Yeah, they don't know. It doesn't matter no. to them, though. You have to understand. Mm. It doesn't matter. Really, at the core of this culture war in America, one side is worried about survival and the other side is worried about being right. 
and posting mm. about it online. I mean, that really is really what it looks like to me. It looks like they don't care with the repercussions. They're ready to remake this nation into the utopia that only they can figure out how to make. <laughs> yeah. And they don't care. And they're and they're so brainwashed, it's crazy, you know? And this has been going on a long time. I remember when my one of my close buddies got married and moved into a home and he was worried about self defense and he said, uh, you know, she won't let me buy a gun and put it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and he was no ninja well, this guy you know what i mean thankfully i i have a wife who uh who like who doesn't mind guns um so i think i think it's good to listen here's what you do if your if your wife says you know i don't want you to have a gun then you turn it around you say well i'll buy you a gun <laughs> yeah really Take them shooting. Anything you can do. You know, you got to wear them down slowly. We're going paintballing next week for fun. Let's start there. <laughs> you know, it, but wow. it's... Uh, okay, paintball is next level, man. That is just sore. <laughs> paintball is awesome. We do it all the time. It's a great time. I'll tell you what. To all those people out there who are who are, are owners of AR-15s, AK-47s, you know, chest mm. rigs, all that kind of stuff, and and are ready to go to work, if things go bad, go do a day of paintball. And I mean a day. Go do three, four hours of paintball, carrying around a little paintball gun and running for your life and ducking behind cover and see how much you get shot and how exhausted you get. It's a very humbling experience when you go play paintball with kids and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, I might also add that if you don't you know, have, uh, have certain protective measures on and you're a guy, well, let's <laughs> just say you won't have, you won't have, you won't have kids again. It actually happened to my son at his birthday last year. And I was the one who did it. I didn't even mean to do it. I was the one who did it. At the end of the game, it was him versus oh, no. me. Oh, no, yeah. that's wrong. Uh, James, I'm not inviting you back to my show. <laughs> We've got to teach our sons the tough lessons. Protect your balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> Paint balls. <laughs> there you Listen. go. Time is running out. I just saw. Uh, let's just quickly let's just quickly promo uh, your your stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you like what you hear, I'm one of the hosts at the Prepper Broadcasting Network. You can go to prepperbroadcasting.com to hear hear us. We have uh, 15 different hosts over there doing all kinds of different preparedness content. And uh, yeah, if 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 you do it in February, you can join us for this month's preparedness routine called Calm Within Chaos, which they're a game changer, man. I, I dry fired my weapon last month in January with our routine doing uh, more than I ever have my whole life. So the, the routines work. But um, yeah, Prepper Broadcasting. You can find us on iTunes everywhere else too. Prepper Broadcasting Network. James Walton, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. Before you go, I just want to quickly ask you, what do you make of, very quickly, what do you make of Elon Musk? Uh, I think he's having fun. I think that's it. <laughs> he looks to me like a guy who's rich and having a good time, and he's stirring the pot and enjoying it. <laughs> All right, James. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll catch you next time. I'm looking forward to chatting to you again, my friend. Uh, all right. Send me an email, germwarfare at tntradio.live uh, any feedback is welcome you can tell me whatever you want I don't mind uh, you can even give me guests guest and topic suggestions more than happy to um, to have those I will catch you tomorrow uh, but for now my name is Germ this is TNT